five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We'll be talking about wine and beer today. And, of course, mail. This is a Naked Wines commercial. Great wine like this costs only $8 to make. But then middlemen like me raise the price. Then I do it again to get richer. And again. And once again. Until... That same bottle costs you 30 But Naked Wines connects you directly with the best independent winemakers to give you an honest price, which is bad business for me. Naked Wines, the new way to wine. Okay, Postcard Mania celebrates 25 years and $100 million in revenue and 111,000 small business clients. And you've heard the story, um, but I just like to... You know, they put out a lot of press releases, so I give Joy Jinduza her credit. I will read your press releases if you're growing in mail. You know, Postcard Mania, one of the things I really admire is that they have case studies there. Now, they don't have the kind of case studies I want. And I said this to Joy on a uh, webinar that she gave. I said, you know, you never, you never post an incremental gains webinar. I mean, uh case study surely some of your clients must do more than 2,000 pieces in the mail you know uh, and what I mean by that is is that is that if you really want to know the impact of mail uh, you take a list let's say 20,000 you know let's take a long run and you say well here are our customers here are our people that have bought in the last 12 months and we're gonna mail well we were thinking of mailing 20,000 postcards but we're instead going to mail 15,000 postcards and we're going to not mail randomly selected 5,000 of those people okay that would be the way to test the incremental impact of postcards right so if you were an e-commerce company and you said hmm man that postcard mania is making waves you know, or you could try it with Best Postcards or Andrew Ettinger or Paul Lawson down at the Market Builder. They actually support WDMA. <laughs> uh, anyway, you say, well, we want to try some mail. We want to test some mail. It's a terrible way to start. You know, you really want to do more than that. But, but you know, we can, we can do it together. And uh, call me up. First join so that, you know, at least there's a little bit of quid pro quo. Then call me up and say, hey, we want to do some, we want to do some measurement. We want to do some incremental testing. And so uh, let's, let's, that's how, you know, if you have 20,000 customers, you can for sure do it. Uh, it's better with 200,000. Many of the tests we've done, it was 500,000. And we didn't mail, let's say, 30,000. So you get a really, really high confidence level. But we've done it over and over and over and over. And I have friends who do it over and over and over and over. And mail always wins. Usually there's about a 300% EBITDA uh, return on investment, okay, for your CFO. So, you know, no matter what. People say mail is expensive. That's because nobody tests. And uh, I said this to, to Joy. And she said, well, you know, our average customer is you know a dentist office or something and you know they only want to mail just a, a few pieces you know hopefully every month uh, and i understand that and and you know she didn't want to overcomplicate it she wanted people to see industries where other people were succeeding with this process and 
she's done an excellent job. They, they have an excellent website. It's probably the best. It's probably the best data for mail in defense of mail of anywhere else there is. So I, I give them a lot of credit. But anyway, if you really did want to find out if this is, makes sense for you, uh, then that would be the way to do it. Take 20 plus thousand, not mail five at least, and then look at their subsequent purchases within, for the next few weeks. And what you'll find is, is that mail will win, will win by a lot. And uh, then after you do that, then you use mail to find out what are the key response triggers. What are the things that your, your market is interested in? We're going to read some articles about what someone thinks the market's interested in without testing. That's the way 99% of the articles I hit are. They say, this is what we think is happening. This is what we think is happening. Okay. Mail can give you a definitive perspective on that. And further, mail can, it can segment your customers at a level that you can't do with other medium and media. And the reason is, is because we know that we know who we mail to, right? People say, well, yeah, we know, we will, we know, we know where we advertised. We, we told Facebook we wanted 35 to 55 men, high income, high education. Yeah, okay. But you don't know who specifically saw your ad. And even if it was presented to them, you don't know, you don't know who it was presented to, and you don't know whether they paid any attention, right? You don't know that, okay? We know exactly the household. We know that it got delivered because the USPS can actually confirm that with informed visibility. We can actually get notice from the post from the post office, USPS, for no extra charge, that this mail was delivered. And if you have an email for them, you can you can then contact them saying it's in your mailbox. Okay, most people don't know that. Yes, you can. You can also get it in informed delivery, so that they can see in their regular email what came in the mail today if they're signed up for it and you can even put in a four color image of your postcard you can do a lot of things okay but we know who we were mailing to we know it got delivered we know that it went to a decision maker okay didn't just go to anybody you know somebody might get the mail my wife says didn't you read didn't you read the mail i said no i don't read the mail i get the mail you read the mail okay that's the decision maker that we're working with decision maker she decides who gets what and whether it goes in the trash okay and lastly and most importantly mail forces the decision maker to decide no other medium all other media throw themselves away you ignore them you get up and make yourself a sandwich <laughs> and you miss it right right in many cases and we'll bring one up hopefully if i get to it it throws itself away before you even see it. If you have a junk filter on, uh, you know, or, or your email provider does a good job, you know, it's gone. And you didn't have to lift a finger. In mail, you have to decide. Oh, I want to buy this. Now, that's one decision. Or, hmm, maybe later. Maybe I'll look at it later. Set it aside. Or, right in the trash. I'm busy today which is fine. You still had to read and engage more than you have to read and engage any digital ad, even if you throw it in the trash. Sorry, but anyway, but we can test all of these things and we can find out what groups of your customers by what factors 
matter. And then we can personalize. But you can't just personalize off the top of your head. You can't say, oh, I'm going to build personas. And away we go. So anyway, I get tired of that stuff. Uh, let's go on. So Bud Light brand health shows no sign of recovery as impact of backlash persists. And of course, we did uh, quote a Rolling Stone magazine who said, these, these boycotts never amount to a hill of beans. Well, according to Marketing Week, uh, it's amounting to a hill of beans, okay? It's, the stock is down about, I don't know, 10%, 15% or something. And it's gone back about 10%, but now it's down today by quite a bit. Um, but the stock price doesn't really matter. Scott Adams pointed that out. Uh, but, you know, not only is their brand, is their stock price down, but the stuff that really matters, the beer's index score, I don't even know what that is, but um, YouGov's brand index, whatever that is, said that it went from 7.9 positive to minus 8.4 in the U.S. as of June 11th. Okay, woo! Again, I don't know what the index means, but that's a whole lot of distance, right? And uh, in the U.K., it went from just barely positive to minus 6.2. Okay, and then they've got lots of other studies. What that tells you is, if you have Bud Light or AB InBev stock, you may want to dump it just because the long-term prognosis seems to be terrible. Uh, and it started around, this is March 28th. You know, the news came out in March Madness. That was, the, that was what uh, Mulvaney was talking about in their little uh, Instagram post. And... Okay, stock may bounce back. You never know. This is, don't take this as stock advice. But it began in March Madness, and it shows no signs of stopping. And over overall, it's it's uh, you know they made light of it. And not only did that, but what makes it interesting, older from old <laughs> older consumers who've been drinking it for years, and that's who they was originally targeted to. You know, if you remember the Miller Lite, which was kind of the first breakthrough marketing of light beer, <clears throat> it was older, uh, retired professional ball players uh, who fought about whether it was taste great or less filling. You know, but anyway, it was like, you know, if you're overweight, you could drink Miller Lite. And so Bud Light kind of rode the tails of that. And uh, it went from... 18.1 down to 14.5 in the older market. And so it's lost its top selling spot. Mondello now is ahead of it. And um, just to show you the complexity of it, U.S. LGBTQ adversary group, Human Rights Campaign Foundation, gave ABBEV a top rating for inclusion and equality last year. But now it's rescinded that rating. So even... Even the people they were trying to be inclusive about <clears throat> have decided that <clears throat> Bud had a profound lack of fortitude in upholding those values. Okay. Also wanted to point out that Wine Enthusiast has a new website combining their, their ratings and their wonderful information. All of Wine's, Wine Enthusiast's content remains free to readers with no barrier to, ac to accessing the company's expertise. Uh, wonderful news. Okay, there it is. Which brings us to our final point here. Uh, John Stammel and I, John sent me an email a couple of days ago saying we're connected. And he said that, you know, it's not enough to know who buys what. 
it's important to know why they buy. I wrote him back and I said, I know you can't know why consumers buy. And the reason I know is because I don't know why I buy. <laughs> and you don't either. <laughs> you know, a lot of the, even the big decisions, you know, are triggered by something that you had no, you know, you had no <laughs> clue of the week before. And I can't tell you what I'm going to buy for sure next week. Not for sure. No. I can't tell you when I go into a, a Home Depot or something what I'm going to come out with. I can't even tell you five minutes ahead. So if me, knowing all I know about me, can't tell you what me is going to do, then heaven help you if that your marketing depends on the why of buy. Anyway, and here's my book, Spinning Straw into Gold. Just look for Miglosh on Amazon, uh, and you'll find me. And uh, in there, I make that argument much more convincingly. But, jo so John and I had this discussion, so then I decided to read his most recent article on LinkedIn. And he said that D2C, direct-to-consumer wine sales, have fallen, um, you know, it was it's 4% year over year. It's really basically one bad month. This one was actually above. This one was equal. This one looks like equal. So we got one bad month, which was March. And, uh, you know, maybe everybody was drinking beer for March Madness. I don't know the answer to that. Or maybe this one was an unusually good month. You, you know, you can't really know. But, but he uses that as an impetus to, uh, to, to go into the direct-to-consumer principles uh, for selling wine. Uh, wine sales overall is more than 16% up. Okay, it's up both in uh, on-premise and uh, out-of-premise sales, which is like whether you buy it at a restaurant or you buy it and take it home. Um, and so small to medium-sized independent wineries have less distribution. Um, so uh, the, he gave a speech and wondered at the wine direct-to-consumer wine symposium. There's a lot of wine marketing stuff I found out when I was looking for direct-to-consumer uh, direct commercial. Um, so the first question is, how dependent are you on direct-to-consumer sales? And um, consumers are going back to their local stores, which typically benefit the people with national distribution, the larger wineries. How are you attracted? How are you attracting buyers? And are you trying different stuff? And this is probably why it came up, but tasting rooms, events, advertising, and direct mail. Okay, so direct mail gets mentioned in the article. Okay, are you measuring? And uh, he says, you know, what's your return on investment for each tactic you're trying? And are you able to measure the productivity? There isn't any clue on how to do that. I just gave you the clues at the beginning of the show. So now you know a couple of really big things to try. It's much more difficult with any other media than direct mail. Um, and if you don't know how, you know, obviously, John at WDMA, reach out to me or on LinkedIn. I'm on there all, all day. Are you treating customers as buyers or building relationships? And that one, of course, if you followed this channel for any length of time, you know that I don't really believe in vendor-consumer relationships. They're not relationships. They're not like any relationship I have any with any person in, in the world, right? If you send me sour grapes, I will stop buying your wine. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I will whine about your wine like it's sour grapes. <laughs> anyway... So looking to see whether, you, so it says that 
Gen Z and millennials are looking to see whether your company is worthy of their patronage. And sometimes they care about whether you deliver the wine on time, whether it gets spoiled in shipping, uh, or whether it's worth the convenience. You know, the, 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 the Naked Wines commercial, interestingly, was totally about price. It says, we can give you a relationship with a small winery. We, 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 uh, our concierge, you know, or whatever, of the best wines, unknown wines in the world. I belong to Total Wine for a while. Um, but it did seem a little pricey to me. You know, I, I enjoy box wine <laughs> because as an Orthodox Christian, we fast all the time. We fast today. We fast Monday. Tuesday was a wine day. Thursday is a wine day. Saturday, Sunday are wine days at this particular time of the year. So if you open a bottle of wine and you don't finish it, you know, it's probably pretty much getting bad. So box wine, no air. <laughs> Sucks right out. You can have a glass today. You can have a glass. Not today. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. No problem. So, you know, there's some re See, there's reasons. And that's why I buy box wine mealy. I finally found one I can enjoy. It's not good. I know that it's not good. But it's got that one feature. No air. Okay. So, anyway, um, John signed up for uh, California Wine and Winery information and got $10 off on a case of wine. He says, I'm not ready to buy. I'm ready to learn. Okay, so maybe email is not the vehicle for learning, right? Uh, because it can go right into your junk mail and you don't even know that they did it, right? So you, you have a screener that you don't even talk to. Um, so if it's just a transaction, the nearby store will do, especially if they deliver, okay? But you need more than that, you know? And I did watch a couple of total... A Total Wine, Total Wine, yeah, they're they're a retail chain, and they have this helpful little uh, happy girl telling you what to buy. It's a good commercial, and it basically says you don't have to know what you're doing. Come to Total Wine, and we'll tell you what to do, and it'll, and, and we'll have the lowest price in town. Excellent, and that's one of the advantages of direct mail. Direct mail, you have to engage, but you can not only inform me about the distinctives of your winery, but you can also Give me a coupon. How cool is that? Okay. Can you replicate what takes place in your wine tasting room digitally? No. <laughs> so some consumers care about the ethos of that wine, of that winery. But most wineries batch and blast. And maybe they've tested it. But according to John, they probably haven't. They probably aren't measuring that much. So they just do it because it's convenient, easy, and makes the needle move. Okay. If you don't know why, you don't have anything to work. This is a part where I really, <laughs> the important information is not what's in their purchase history. Well, that's a pretty important, they go right into junk. That's a pretty important piece, right? And if you don't have anything to work with other than what I bought in the past, that says nothing about the future. Well, that's always kind of true. But the number one thing that's a predictor of the future is the past. I have to say. And the number one thing is buying behavior as opposed to clicks or other things or that you went to my website. Okay. And so uh, John and I agree most of the time on this. It's mostly, he's mostly right. But if you need a little more guidance in how to actually achieve what he's suggesting, uh, 
WDMA, John at WDMA.org. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.